You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, folks. Week 15 of the NFL season means semifinals for the fantasy football playoffs. I'm in. Pete's in. If you're listening, you're in. Or as Pete said on his podcast early in the week, if you're listening to the waiver wire and you're not in the playoffs, you're probably very bored and need something else to do. But uh, here we are, man. Friday. I, I, I like to insult my audience. Yeah, but it's uh, it's Friday, and uh, we're dropping this thing. It'll probably drop tonight or Saturday morning, and then we'll have the fantasy football hour on Sunday. We'll be hot with questions, I'm sure, for the lineups. But uh, good, <laughs> good start last night, you know, for for a lot of people, particularly if you own Lamar Jackson. So. Good Try not to write your tonight. questions. Try not to write your questions in blood this week. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a mil- honestly. <laughs> you honestly, were getting people in desperate straits on the text. We, we were on the George Michael text machine. Yeah, last week. we were. But the thing is, man, I got to tell you, because you don't see it, and I, 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 so it peaks. Like when I mention it on air, three seven ninety three seven, it peaks. There are the people who listen to us every week that you know they they get questions in, but like this thing was rolling like ten at a time for the full hour. So that's good. We, our, our audience is getting in the playoffs. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens this week. Hopefully they made the semis and they got out of the quarters. We'll see. <laughs> the tax machine is dead. Yeah, right. Where Stop are, moving. Where are you guys? I'll tell you. Week seven. I, week 17 is always light. Like that's a, dude, yeah. We, we well, need, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I feel – I mean, the week 17 people, I feel bad it for them. It sucks. But, but by the same token, you can only feel so bad. I mean, you knew it. Yeah. Why'd you agree to it? Why didn't you fight it? Well, if you were alive during the Peyton Manning era and you ever owned him, you know, <laughs> if you had a Week 17 championship, good luck because, I mean, he would never play. And a lot of teams back then were anchored with the star quarterbacks. You know what I mean? So it was a problem. But the, you, you got you got the uh, the diagnosis back then, and if people are still falling for it, then shame on them. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I you know, I, I don't understand how you have your final Week 17 at this point. It's it's basic stuff. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, so we've got. But uh, we still. I mean, look, you can you can hear the bitterness in my voice, right? Well, it's a pain because the... I know in about what ten days or whatever the heck it is, um, I'm going to be sitting in my room, typing up rankings for, you know, games I'm not going to be playing. In. Yeah. And I just like week seventeen is like my season should be over. I should finally be on vacation, but I'm not. I'm doing rankings for yeah. people who play week 17. It's, 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 a, like... it's a DFS week, though. It's a fun DFS week. You know, well, you right. That's what there. I want to be doing. Yeah. And the thing that drives me crazy about week 17 is that the people are really amped up because it's their final, and I get that. But there's nothing I can do to help them, you know? Um, week 17 is what it is. You're grasping at straws. People are going to be pulled out halfway through the game. You had no idea it was coming. Yeah. Rookies are going to play that you've never heard of. You know, it's 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 like after they expand the rosters in baseball in September, all of a sudden it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it's going to be that kind of week. Um, and you know, you can sit there until you're blue in the face and chase information, but it's a lot like a preseason game um, when it comes to a lot of these players. 
some teams rest guys because they're out of it on the bad side. Some teams rest players because they're out it. of it. Yeah. On the good side, yeah. um, it's uh, it's you just hopefully. I mean, it doesn't seem to to get smaller every year. It seems like there's always like I'm going to say five percent of leagues. It's probably accurate. If you look at like the text we'll get on Sunday and what we got last week and what we'll get the week after. It, it, it's a fraction. So, yeah, 5% is probably about right. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, my my traffic. I mean, with DFS, it's a little bit harder to say with the site traffic because people come on just to check out the rankings for DraftKings and yeah. stuff. Um, but, I mean, back in the day before we started doing DFS, I mean, yeah, the site would be like, by the time you get to week 17, it would definitely be down in that 10% area. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are just coming back to look at the rankings the week before because they're happy with them, you know. We should maybe do like a uh, – for that show, we'll do like a like a recap. You know what I mean? Of like, you know, who did what, booms, busts, stuff yeah, like Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to answer questions for people week 17. Don't get me wrong. It's just that you don't always have the answers. And you don't have the normal means of getting them. Right. You know, that's the problem. It's like, well, when are they going to pull so-and-so? I don't know. <laughs> Do I know? <laughs> yeah, maybe like, know? as an example, like good luck. This with, like... isn't a skill that we practice all year. You know, <laughs> yeah. this isn't how we break down games. So, like this is this is outside of our norm, which is why we don't use it as a championship. Well, like week. a week like that, like good luck with like the Indy or the or the Niners backfield. Like you'd have no idea. You know what I mean? That could be why like those a, two teams. I'm just thinking because they, they they've got like like three four backs in the ro- in the potential involved scenario. Well, for those teams, it might make time, it better because you know? they may actually not use some of them. But, I mean, but, but what I'm saying is you like, don't know. It could be any team, any team, any reason. They all do funky things week 17 for different reasons. Yeah. I'm just saying, well, the, the running backs, like, you know, like that, that could be the game that Jeff Wilkins plays for the, for the Niners. Like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? You just th- throw a dart. But, uh, yeah, it's unpredictable. That, that's what the basic thing. Yeah, I mean, the only teams you can really <laughs> trust are the teams that are playing meaningful football. Yeah. That can be anywhere from, like, I mean, some you know, sometimes on week seventeen, that's half the league. Yeah, but that's still half the league. But the thing is, in DFS, that's fine, right? Because we can stick to the parts yeah. that you can trust. Construct the lineup, you but, want. but in seasonal, your roster is what it is. Yeah, it can be half ruined. It can be two thirds ruined. You could have one team on the field that means everything for them, one in their opposition, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not going to help the guy that you need on yeah. the other side. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. You ride Lamar Jackson to week <laughs> seventeen, you're going to be starting some stiff in your quarterback spot in your bowl game. Yeah, because Mark Jackson's not playing Week 17. No, I'm a little bit worried he might not pay, play next week. Is is there a scenario where they no. that, where that could happen? Oh, good, I nah. keep rolling with him. I don't. I mean, I don't think they would do that anyway. I hope because then then you're sitting the guy out for a month. Yeah, that's true. Because look at the bye week. Yeah, that's you know, three and if, you, layoff, if you pull him out of the offense, it's not the offense. You basically don't play football for three or four. Yeah, that's weeks. true. It's a great point. I feel yeah. better about that. I don't know if it's a great point, but I mean, I think there's something to it, right? Well, because they get the mini buy this week, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, so, so you know, I I think month. they want to, you know, Belichick. I think sometimes, you know, tips his hand on this particular thing we're talking about, um, where his he, he always opts to play football over not playing football. Yep, uh, there might be something to that. We might want to think along with the coach there. Well, like all those years when you know Indy would have a, a really tough divisional game, you know, they would be going in, you know, with two weeks of rust. Yeah. And, and the Patriots would just keep playing out until the end, and they were always a lot yeah. more formidable in the postseason. That could be a big yeah. part of it. It definitely could be. I mean, there were other reasons why the Patriots beat those teams. Yes. But yeah, yeah, but that's, yeah. I think, something. You know, Manning always looked a little off, uh, in the, in that, particularly in that divisional game, if you, if you ever got through it. But they were one and done a lot in those times, and there was always coming off a two-week break. So, yeah. You know? Uh, so, anyway. Those Colts teams were, you know, 
Dungey was a decent coach. I, I don't think Dungey was a bad coach, but he wasn't a great coach. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and he was the best one. He was the best of the bunch for Peyton. Yeah. So, you uh, know, those teams, you know. The Colts got Peyton Manning. Other than that, there's really nothing in their history since they got Peyton Manning that says they're anything but a bad organization. Mm. Let's be, I mean, they're basically the Jets, but with Peyton Manning. Yeah. They had some talent around him, but I, I hear your general no, point. No, but what, not really. I mean, they had typical football talent. Yeah, the Jets have talent. I'd say, I'd say like like guys like Harrison and Wayne and uh, Falk and Edger and James and uh, the, t- eh. the t- you know I mean, good yeah. players. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if Reggie Wayne got drafted by the Jets. I don't know if we even know who he is. I don't know, man. He's a neither do I. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, Reggie, you, you're you're. And Harrison certainly, you. I think we you want me to give you a list of all the talented receivers who played for the Jets, who you won't know who they are when I bring up their name. Actually, you will. I'll you know play in your division. Yeah, but I'm telling you, man, I understand this because I root for a bad team. Mm. So I know what a bad team does to a good football player. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about Reggie Wayne. What I'm saying is, don't forget that he played with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, no, that's a, a reasonable point. I, I think you know, there's a there's a those middle three amigos there. who played with John Elway. They wouldn't have been amigos if they played with Ken O'Brien. Mm. They would have been three dudes you'd never heard of. Well, they wouldn't have played with Ken O'Brien because he was never on the field. They would have played with Pat Ryan, if I remember. Kenny correctly. O'Brien was on the field a lot, a lot. He was on the sidelines a lot too, though. He was hurt. Time, no, that's he? not really true. Really? It's actually, no, that's not true. Kenny O'Brien was one of the more durable quarterbacks you're going to find. I don't remember it like that. Didn't he miss a couple? Did he miss a full season? I'm just telling you what's up. Didn't he miss a full season though? Kenny O'Brien missing a full season. I don't recall that. I mean, Kenny O'Brien got benched a couple times. Mm. That happened because he wasn't the greatest quarterback on the face of the earth. I remember the Patriots playing Pat Ryan a lot during that time. Yeah, Pat back. Ryan played a fair amount. Yeah, but because Pat Ryan was not clearly worse than Ken O'Brien, mm. <laughs> you know, Kenny O'Brien was, you know, well, anyway, let me see here. Kenny O'Brien, uh, 110 game starts. It's pretty good. But how many were, how many opportunities, like, uh, was it 110 of 115 or 110 of, like, 130, potentially? No, he's, dude, I'm a Jeff fan. No, I know. I'm just trying to remember. I I remember he had an injury stink on him, and maybe he was coming out of college. I'm just, like. Kenny O'Brien did not have an injury stink. You're thinking of someone else. He didn't. He's he's the opposite of that. Maybe sincerely. yeah. Maybe it was just because he was benched. Because I re- yeah. I remember. I mean, not late in his career, the last two years of his career, we're talking in the '90s now, uh. right? And he was an '80s player. Yeah. Um, but in the '90s, yeah, he was concussed. I think um, it was either his last or second to last year. I mean, he didn't even finish with the Jets. He finished with the. Um, I can't want to. I want to say Eagles, um, but uh, Kenny O. Kenny O. Made his starts. You sometimes wished he didn't. Mm. Um, and there were absolutely years where he got yanked, and 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 maybe and, that's what I'm thinking. And Pat Ryan um, started some games. Yeah, um, 87, 88 in that area. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Pat Ryan, you know, Pat Ryan was all right. He was decent. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of the problem is that Ryan would come in and he would play well, and then you know, Jet fans would. Because Jet fans hate the starter. Right? That's one thing you know. About well, that uh, that always happens when you when you have a, when you root for a losing franchise. Always, the other guys always right. shinier. Yeah, that's for sure. And, it, no, no, it's one hundred percent true. Yeah. I mean, Pat Ryan was beloved by Jet fans um, because he wasn't Ken O'Brien. 
Uh, and Ken O'Brien was hated by Jet fans because he wasn't Dan Marino. We had the same thing here with, like, you know, with, with that, I mean, Flutie was a local kid, so they loved him. But, I mean, he also wasn't Tony Eason. So, I mean, the man love was huge for, for Flutie. You just couldn't get Eason out of there fast enough at that same time. Yeah. You know, and then you had Groves there, too. Wow. I'm actually, now I'm, I'm, I, went, I just pulled this back up. Yeah, Ken O'Brien. Oh, wow, here's a name from the past. David Norrie. I forgot about that, dude. I don't know that name. Yeah, I bet you don't. Oh, gosh, look at this roster. Roger, Vic, Johnny Hector. Johnny Hector was good. Nu-u-fa-a-ola. <laughs> the Jets had some now great. I can take, you can JoJo take, Townsell. You can take it from a Pats fan back then, because you know, the Jets and the Pats were similar back then in yeah. terms of their winning percentage. And Johnny Hector played a lot. Against, Johnny Hector's a really good running back. He, he played a lot against the Patriots because the uh, Freeman McNeil was always hurt. Maybe that's Freeman McNeil did get hurt. He was always hurt. And Johnny Hector. Freeman was that guy who was always on the injury report. Yeah, and Johnny Hector played against the Patriots a lot when we were expecting to see Freeman McNeil, and you rarely saw him. Hector was a change of pace, and whenever you brought him in, you were always like, maybe we should play Hector more. You're right. But then when they would play Hector a full game, you'd be like, okay, maybe he's maybe he's sort of. Well, it's like in baseball when you get a guy like Brock Holt is the perfect example here in Boston where. He comes in when someone's hurt. He plays like once or twice a week. When someone isn't hurt, he hits like 300. But then when you need to rely on him for like eight weeks, he hits like 250. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's pretty typical. Yeah, Jet fans used to want Lamont Jordan to start because he would have those eight high-energy carries right. in the fourth quarter. You know, after Curtis Martin had, you know, ran 27 times into the defense. Uh, and he would look better than Martin when he would come into the game because, you know, at that moment he was. Yeah. Because he had been playing football all day and getting beat up, and he, you know, he didn't have 200 carries under his belt on the year, and he hadn't been beat up in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, if you recall, Lamont Jordan gets signed by Oakland, gets a big workload. He's never right. heard from again. Yeah, he could never get back in the field. He got his back messed up, his hip messed up, his ankle. You know, we always we always pine for you know the evil we don't know. Yeah, I think Lamont Jordan actually signed with the Patriots for a year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I think I think the Patriots were his last stop. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Didn't do much. He no. was look. Lamont was a good back, a good back, but you know, you and I have had this discussion on this podcast, and we should jump to week fifteen. As yeah, soon let's as I'm do it. Done saying yeah. this, but um, you know, it's it's easy to sort of pine for the backup. You yeah, know? well, we just it, talked about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, um, and it's it, well, what I, actually the thing I was leading into there was. We talk about, oh, this guy you know doesn't know how to stay healthy, or this guy can't hold up to the contact. The people we should be talking about are the ones who can, because they're they're not normal. They're not humans. They're like aliens or mm. something. Running backs who, you know, have three consecutive 300 touch seasons without getting hurt. <laughs> you know, freaks. They're nature. dancing between the raindrops. They're yeah. they're not human. Yeah. You know, like guys who get hurt every other week in the NFL are called normal human beings. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's good. Point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, so, no, but if you hear people, oh, this guy can't stay healthy. What's wrong with this guy? He's in a car wreck every weekend. That's what's wrong with him. Right, right. All right. Sorry. No, no worries. So <clears throat> let's get into week 15. Now, we spent last week heading into the first round of the fantasy playoffs, kind of hitting quarterback. And we were talking kind of before the show, like, should we, Quarter, should we, hit, a different, should we hit a different position? Yeah. But really, no. We should, but we should definitely hit quarterback first. Yeah, just because, I mean, there's a lot of tilting going yeah. on at the quarterback position. You're, you're hearing it on your side. I'm hearing it on my side as well. And yeah. uh, even last night, you know, I, there, there was with Lamar Jackson having a quad, I questions had, were coming. I had more than a few people ask me if they should not play Lamar last night. You're welcome, all yeah. seven of you. Yeah, that would have been a mistake. <laughs> you're out there. I can hear you breathing. Yep. <laughs> 
But it's interesting. So we got a question on Twitter earlier in the week, and I responded to the guy. It came like on Tuesday. And he's like, should I play Deshaun Watson or Drew Brees? I'm like, geez, that's it. sight unseen. That feels really close because you know yeah. Brees is a really. Oh, well, it is really close. Yeah, Brees has a you know he's at home and a good and a good matchup, and Watson's uh, on the road in division matchup. I'm like, you know, geez, that's like back to back standby. And then I look at your rankings last night, and you got Watson two and Brees three. I'm like, all right, I had it. <laughs> My instincts were right on that, but uh, tough one, you know. That good. Watson and Brees are good. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Just that they, they, they would they would be so close this week. You know what I mean? Uh, Breeze coming off of a tough matchup last week, obviously, and, and kicking ass too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, if that matchup last week, I think a lot of people are going to play Breeze this week because of last week. Yeah, it's, it's probably a mistake. Um, last week's game was just sort of off the hook. It was one of those games that took on a life of its own. It unbelievable. It was like forty-eight to forty-six. Is that yeah. right? It was yeah. just crazy. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I'm not saying Breeze. I mean, I've got him as, as my third guy. I mean, yeah. he's a good play. Um, but for, like, like for, you know, like. I think there were people last night who wanted to play Breeze over Lamar. You know, there's people who want to play him over Watson, which is fine. I don't mind if you do it. Um, but, you know, for me, I put Watson ahead of him just because that's that's where Watson belongs. Yeah. Um, you know, Watson is impervious to the games going in the wrong direction. Uh, people don't want to hear that with Breeze. But the truth of the matter is, uh, if the Saints can pack a, a game away and run down the clock, they're going to do it. So, you know, be careful. Yeah. Breeze has more scenarios that are going to hurt you. Mm. That's interesting. The only thing I see in that with Watson, and I'm firing him up, obviously, in a league that you and I play in. Why wouldn't I? But is the um, is the divisional thing with with Tennessee? You know what I mean? Because those division games can get ugly. We see it time and time again. But that shouldn't. But he he does enough with his legs, and there's enough around him. They this is their first the meeting of the year. Is it really? Yeah, their second meeting is week seventeen. Wow. Huh. Yeah. That's late in the year for the first meeting in inter, interdivision. That's interesting. You didn't read the skinny this week. That's what the skinny's about on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, first first divisional meeting. They play, they basically play week 15 and 17, which is, you know, hey, NFL, nice schedule. Yeah, but, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I think the fact that you've got, yeah, I got it up now, yeah. some, some a new offense for Tennessee, right? They've got a new coordinator this year. Uh, and the two teams have not played. Uh, I'm sort of looking at this as sort of a – Slightly introductory kind of matchup. That's interesting for, for a late divisional game. Yeah, right. Hmm. Um, so I like we like that. And then um, the other thing here is just that Tennessee is just decimated at corner. Yeah, a little banged up. Yeah, they're they're brutally um, <laughs> just banged up at corner. So uh, you know, I, I just it, when you look at this game and you look at the fact that the Texans tend to play fast. They tend to, not always, but they tend to. Yeah. Um, and now you look at Tennessee slowly upping the pace a little bit with Tannehill. Um, this game is not the kind of Houston-Tennessee game we're used to. Yeah, well, that's a great point. It, it has the potential to be very different from mm. a typical uh, Houston-Tennessee game. I mean, no doubt they're gonna we're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry. We may see a lot of Carlos Hyde, yeah. uh, but I don't think Carlos Hyde's going to be the de- defining factor in this game. Mm. And I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Billy O'Brien, but uh, I don't think he's dumb enough to try to win this game by going Hyde versus Henry. I yeah. don't think he's that stupid. And just to, uh, yeah, he's going to lose. Yeah, and uh, and Tennessee's catching Houston defensively. You know, coming off of just a horrible week too. So. Both teams are catching the defenses at the right time. Yeah, both yeah. defenses are down. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah Which is another reason we like this. I mean, Watson, like the idea that Watson's going to be able to like win this game without opening it up, it's going to be tough to do. On the other side, you've got a decimated Colts team. Uh, so the idea that the Saints could put this game away in the first half, I mean, I think it's at least 50-50 that they do. Mm. Uh, and if they do, we could be looking at a lot of Latavius Murray in the second half. Yeah. And the Saints do not care about throwing the football if they don't have to. Even even in their height of throwing the ball, they never gave up on the run. You know, they've always had a good stable well, yeah, running backs sure. and use it, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying there are, there are, you know, some quarterbacks – you're going to get your points by the end of the day. With Breeze, if you don't get them early in a blowout, you mm. may not get them. Mm. So, you know, uh, I think overall he's a floor play because I don't think Breeze is capable of playing bad in the in the matchup. Right. You know, Watson could go out and have an off day. That's possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Breeze really could. Uh, but the problem is there are ways where Breeze plays really well but doesn't accumulate fantasy points. Yeah. That's good. Anal- that's interesting analysis. Yeah. On the, on the plus side, the Colts stopped the run well. So I mean, it might force him to throw a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I put Breeze in the three hole for a reason. I think the the odds are in this game we are going to see three weeks in a row. We're going to use this word, Jim, matriculation. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of matriculation, mm. a lot of short passing, a lot of ball control. Um, now the downside here is that the game will get shortened because the Saints run and they complete passes, right? Yeah. So what happens? Clock's just running. Uh, on the Colts side of the ball, they like to run. So we're going to see a lot of complete passes and runs on the Saints. We're going to see a lot of runs for the Colts. Um, I don't know how many incomplete passes we're going to see in this game. I think Michael Thomas sounds. And, like and gonna, these teams uh, like to snap the ball with like five seconds on the yeah, on the play clock. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of Michael Thomas. It sounds like to me. It's hard to see Michael Thomas failing in this game. Yeah, yeah. Where do you it have? really is? Yeah, not to segue off of quarterbacks too fast, but where no. do you have him? No, no, no. I, you, can, you can go anywhere you want, man. Uh, Michael Thomas, I have him at the top. Yeah, for there sure. You go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking at it right now, but I'm, I'm sure. I'm pulling it up. But I yeah. got a stretch to get over there. Yeah, <laughs> the he's studio the, is he's, so weird. He's man. at the top, but okay. I mean, you know, he, if he's not at the top, he's at the tippy. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Thomas Hopkins, Tyreek, Godwin, Galladay. That's my top five. Yeah, there you go. Um, Devontae Edelman, Julio, A. Rob, DJ Moore. Yeah, A. Rob crack on the top ten. Nice to see. He's been great. Yeah, and uh, you know, Trubisky. I think uh, you know people don't like to give Trubisky credit when he plays well. Played well, last you know, Tr- a few Trubisky's, of the last weeks. Trubisky's played really well. I mean, it's 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 weird. I don't know why people are so hesitant to say Trubisky played well this week because we're all very willing to say he stunk when he stinks. He was bad for a while and he was on TV a lot and I think people form their opinions. You know what I mean? And, and uh, Look, this guy's a work in progress. Yeah. He may take this entire organization down with him. I don't know. But when he plays well, he plays well, yeah. right? Um, and, and Robinson's been the beneficiary of it more than I, anybody. I like Trubisky. I think he's a pretty good quarterback in terms of his potential. Um but, you know, he's another quarterback who's been completely mismanaged. Like, everything he's got, he owes to himself and the current coach. Mm. Like, if Nagy hadn't come along, this guy would be dead. Mm. Like, Nagy's helped him a ton. Who was his first coach? Fox? Was Fox, it Fox? Yeah. yeah. Fine, Fox is terrible. Uh, I mean, why did they even play him? Like, these organizations that play the guy because they don't want to be killed for not playing him, they're just so bad. They're yeah. so, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, if you take a guy, Trubisky was number one overall, wasn't he? 
or he was really high in the draft. Uh, was he, he came out. It was him, Winston. No, no, Winston came out no, with Mariota. He came Trubisky out came out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was number one. He, I think he's the first quarterback taken. The first quarterback taken. I think um, you're right. So I'm just saying, you take a guy with an elite pick, your your allegiance should be to the player. Yeah. You know, like you just basically put your whole organization, you know, in in you know in in the side saddle with this quarterback. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the idea that you then start doing, well, you know, we know that this isn't best for his development, but the media is going to want to see him on the field. We need I mean, to win now, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, that's another thing. Teams are like, well, we need to win now. It's like, well, that's that's not really material if you can't. Yeah, and also, too, <laughs> but, like, if you need to win now, you just drafted a future quarterback. What did you do to help him out, help yourselves out? Did you get a veteran that you can rely on for a few weeks, at least for while he kind of the, the, kicks the problem, it around? Sometimes the problem is that when something works, like like the Steelers drafted Roethlisberger, played him his rookie year, won a Super Bowl, right? right? And they didn't do much with him. He was very they played very conservative. He was terrible in that game, but he yeah. he wasn't good in the Super Bowl, but he was real good up until then. Yeah. Um. I think some organizations went to school on that for some reason. Mm. Like, hey, we can do that. You know, as if that's what the Steelers wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, right. They had to do it. Right. They did what they had to do, and it worked. So now all of a sudden it's something you can do. Like, no. <laughs> it's still better to plan. It's still better to have something in place. It's still better to play your quarterback when he's ready, not, well, our other guys are so bad, we better just put him in there. Right. You know? It's, and, I, and, and the Steelers, by the way, were a really good team. That had one flaw, right. quarterback. They didn't have a quarterback, yeah. Right. Like Cornell so, Stewart, yeah. Right. So, like, if the Bears were that team, yeah, they could have taken Trubisky and maybe. But the Bears were a really bad team who weren't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's affected them. Hey, just to, not to – just you said, no, something, no. you said something that made me want to fire something up, which is uh, I have been a long-time uh, naysayer on Mike Tomlin. And I think mm. what this season has shown you – is what he does best, which is motivate. Because that team, that Steelers team, had every reason, talent, lack of talent being the, the biggest one with all the injuries that they suffered, had every reason to fold the tent. And boy, have they not. They're going to make the playoffs. And I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, I, he's I have, a good coach. I have killed Mike Tomlin for his, I didn't know you didn't like Mike Tomlin. Well, it's, not that, sure I it's, not, that it's, it's not that I don't like him. It's that I just didn't have a lot of respect for his uh, – his strategy because he would do the same thing against the Patriots every time he faced them and they would absolutely light him up and he wouldn't learn his lesson. But this year, I think what you've seen is the reason they hired him in the first place. This guy can get, he's a leader of men. He can get guys motivated and ready to play. And I'll give him a lot of credit for that. Guys definitely play for Tomlin. Um, they have this year for I, I, sure. You know, up you until know? up until Antonio Brown lost his mind, I guess. Yeah, but um, I I just want to give him a lot because I've I've killed him a, a lot uh, in the past just for he always blitzes against the <laughs> against Brady and Brady would just tear him apart and he would yeah. seem to never learn from it. But I want to give him credit because he's he's kept this this team has had nothing but injuries and bad ones to their most talented guys all year long and somehow he created he he got this defense to like really. Get after it, and he's got the offense doing just enough. So kudos to him; he's going to make the playoffs, and uh, well done by him. So, just a, 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 you when you mentioned Roethlisberger and the Steelers, it got me thinking of that, and that's been on my mind for a while. So that's all. Little shout out to Mike Tomlin from someone who has been. That shouting wasn't against a little him. shout out. That was a long shout. Well, you know what? He, he's earned it. And, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't. Well, I've always thought he was really good, but um, you know, he's not the greatest in-game yeah. coach. He'll do some things that make you shake your head, but. Yep. 
you know, in all honesty, um, <laughs> I, I shake my head every week with a lot of coaches. With yeah, a lot of coaches. Yeah. Arians had me shaking my head a couple times this year. Um, you know, Belichick does some things where I'm like, I have no idea why he's doing that. Um, and you know, in Belichick's case, you go, wow, I wonder why I'm not smart enough to figure out why he's doing mm. that. Um, you know, with some other coaches, we don't give them as much. Um, I haven't earned the credibility. Yeah. Slack. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, how many times the Steelers have to show up to play before we go Tomlin's got to be doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. So you I know. think he's showing it this year. Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to get back to the quarterbacks for a second. Uh, um, you know, the biggest story in, in terms of what's got people tilting in fantasy football is Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? And he, you got him fifth in your rankings. I think he belongs there, you know? And, uh, but it's got people like considering, you know, decisions you'd never think of if you just rewind the clock like a month. I mean, it's unbelievable. But the guy, give him credit. I mean, he's putting fantasy points up there. He's got the team moving the ball. They're 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 reinventing themselves a little bit in terms of the way they're throwing it around. I mean, so I get it. But uh, you know, pretty much, I don't know if you're getting it too on Twitter and in your circles. But wherever I go, if I get stopped, a question gets asked, and Tannehill's usually involved as a as an alternative, you know what I mean? But I guess well, the, the question gotta, is, who's the alternative for, you know? And keeping your head smart. Well, he's my fifth-ranked quarterback. Um, he's my fourth guy left on the board after Lamar went yep. to the bottom of the of the pile there, um, which is something I do in my rankings that most sites don't do. Yeah, when, uh, I, when, I, when they play, they go to the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I don't see what's the point of listing players who are no longer eligible in the update. I just don't understand what the point of it is. Um, so I, I, I just yank them out because it's like, what well, you know. Yeah, I, they're not, I don't, yeah, they're not I, an option. Yeah, it's just sort of dead space. And um, I'm, I, I'm for, like, we're a forward-thinking site. Like, once you're out of the week, you're out. <laughs> we, we move on without you. Um, so that's the way we do it. I mean, I've never, I've never really had anybody, like, complain about it. I've had a couple of people say, well, why, why don't you just leave them? Well, I don't know. Like what? I doesn't like taking up any space on the page that's got a guy who's already played. To me, is wasted space. Mm. Yeah, I don't disagree. No disagreement yeah. here. Um, yeah. So, like, so Tannehill's sitting at number four right now, right? And I'll be honest. The other thing is, I hate having to remember where they were because once you start moving guys around, it's like, oh wait, I had this guy ranked third on Thursday. Now I have to go put him back there so it's consistent. Just get him out. Yeah. Um, so. With the QBs, so like you know, T- Tannehill's a guy that uh, obviously, who I-, I think muddies up some decisions because he's certainly no one's. Yeah, he muddies up decisions. He's a fifth-ranked quarterback. He's on people's benches. People are gonna yeah. have to decide. I yeah. mean, uh, we could sit here and go around, like, you know. I think you and I right now are doing the wrong thing in, in a certain sense, which is we're spending too much time, like parsing. You know what I mean? Um, and I know why we're doing it because we're trying to give information out. But the truth of the matter is, the mistake that's generally made on these quarterbacks is people spend too much time worrying about it. So what do you advise? Don't worry about it so much. Spend less time on it. Yeah, it's tough for people, though. You know? It, well, you know? That's, that's the whole point, is that people are their own worst enemy. They sit around, All of a sudden, they're, you know, they're sort of on their fantasy team. They're into it. But now it's getting serious because it's the big week. So you start spending more time on it. It's not going to help. Mm. You know, you, you know, I mean, obviously spend all the time and you can on things that are material on your, on your moves that you're going to make Tuesday night. If there's a player out there that can help you or that you need to keep away from an opponent, obviously do all that, be aggressive, but sitting there and staring at Tannehill and Russell Wilson for two hours, 
It's not going to help you. I usually tell people this. It's going to get inside your head yeah. is what it's going to do. I usually tell people this, like when they've got a tough decision like that. I said, look, you need to have the come to Jesus moment that you're going to have a lot of points on your bench in this one. Like you have to be comfortable that whichever guy you play, the other guy's got a great shot to light it up. That's why you're considering it. So yeah. be comfortable with that first. And well, then yeah, if the somebody's sitting want. there freaking out over whether they should play my second-ranked quarterback or my third. It's a good problem. How much am I supposed to worry about this person? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a good problem. Like, like I've got some guy on the other line, <laughs> Jim, who's wondering whether he should play, you know, <laughs> Eli or Rivers. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be helping him. Yeah. <laughs> we need to figure this one out. Yeah. But, the you know, the guy who's going to be starting either the second-rated or third-rated guy, you know, this person needs, like, this person actually has to have the conversation that you're saying with himself. You're absolutely right, which is you cannot... See, what people want is they want a safe place where they can't get hurt. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, guess what? Building a great bench is what got you to the playoffs. Once you're there, it's gonna be, it can become the thing that's going to bum you out on some level yep. because no matter what you do, you're going to have good players on the bench who are going to perform well, and the odds on you being able to set a lineup that's going to look correct on Tuesday morning it's not good. Yeah, right. That that, that that's what people it's need to have. The not going to happen. Yeah, they have to have the come to Jesus <laughs> moment with it. So it's like you know, I always tell people this. Like so, last night in a league that we play in, you know, Robbie Anderson's a guy who's really helped me the last few weeks. I like him. I want him in my lineup. I didn't like the. I didn't like it. I didn't like Thursday night against the Ravens. I'm like, you know, he might do something, but I'm not going to play him. And he threw up 67 yards. He got 41 of them late. He got a two point conversion. He got eight. Okay, would I have been happy with eight? Yeah. But, you know, it's not like he put up 29 on my bench. So, well, you deal with it. But I, I did – I made that Well, you would have dealt with 29 too. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but the point – the whole point. The point being, is it right? Like I, I knew uh, it's – I'm just – I think I'm going to go with this guy. It gives me more options. I'm going to sit him and just take my medicine. I didn't sit him thinking I was going to get a goose egg, you know, and uh, praying for a goose egg. I'm happy he did all right. Yeah. You know no, Thursday I mean? night football is awful with it's stuff tough. like that. So yeah, I, it's I mean, tough. I hate Thursday night football during the playoffs. Absolutely hate it. Yeah, uh, every bench, every guy you put on your bench on a Thursday night game, you have to sit there and pray they don't. I know, blow sucks. up in your face and make you feel yeah. like a moron. Yeah, um, you know, it's what are you gonna? But it is what it is. You got to yeah. deal with it. Um, but look, I understand why people go crazy when they've got a decision like Watson Breeze, but you're gonna do yourself a disservice if you make your whole week about that. You really, the better move with a decision like that is to go, hey, I can't make a wrong decision here. Yeah. Let's go look at the other things. Because more likely there's going to be something you can do somewhere else that might be able to help you. So look at your lineup as a whole, you know, and when it comes to Watson Breeze or something like that, trust yourself. Yeah. You know, the one thing you don't want to be doing is what I did last night where I yanked Hollywood Brown out of my lineup with nine seconds before a lineup lock, mm -hmm. you know. And, I mean, granted, I don't regret it, really. And, in fact, as it turns out, it was a good process decision on my part because mm. he wasn't involved enough to have a good game. He needed that touchdown, yeah, which, was, away from a, one, which yeah. was a touchdown by about a millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got lucky that I got that touchdown. Yeah, you got to split league. down. Yeah, I mean, I had that choice in two leagues, and I split the baby. I played I, I yeah. played the Lamar Hollywood hookup in one, and then I took the Hollywood hookup off the other. Yeah. Um. I mean, I had reasons for doing it. It wasn't it wasn't a nervous Nelly decision, um, but you, those are times where you're more likely to make a bad choice. Is when you start going, well, yeah, I'll do this. I'll never do it again, Pete. I, I, I've, got, <laughs> I, I've, I've got the all time. We have a story coming, yeah, folks. Yeah, I've got the all time one. People might remember. I think it was last year. 
I think nobody was, remembers who was on your team last no, year. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I think it was last year when Amari Cooper, when before he got traded, had a really like I'm talking a really slow start. Like yeah, there were people saying Amari Cooper wasn't any good. Yeah, it was like he. I think you can't it, find them anymore. But there I, yeah, was a lot of them out there. I think his first four games, he had like two catches for 19 yards, and it was week five, and I had him in my lineup. I had him in my lineup. He was on Thursday Night Football. I'll never forget this. And for those who are in the local market, I was approaching Alewife. And Alewife is a rotary circle. It's got a lot of traffic. You hit a light there, you can be there for a while. And I had, I had, <laughs> I had the Thursday night football, like Westwood won, you know, game on with Jim Gray or the pregame. And I had just enough time to make the move. And I had just enough time in traffic to rethink it. I'm like, fuck it. I took him out of my lineup. And as he, he sucks. He's got two catches for 19 yards. That was the night on Thursday Night Football. He had went for 49 points. He had four touchdowns. I like fell asleep on my couch watching it. I woke up like an NFL Network post game was on. It's like Amari Cooper has four touchdowns. You're going to be fucking shitting me. You know what I mean? So I'll never do that last-minute thing again. I won't. I won't, as tempting as it, it is. I will. <laughs> I, just wish I, I just wish I wouldn't. Yeah, I just can't do it anymore. That was my lesson. That was my lesson. Those when you Listen, the decisions that you make like that are going to – tend to be your worst ones. Yep. I think people should know that. Um, you want to make decisions that are actually based on real things. Right. <laughs> you know, if you're making a decision that's not based on a real thing, you should rethink whether you actually want to make a decision. Right. Like a, like a, a limited practice turns into a full practice or right. vice versa. That's I mean, if, a your real gut's, thing. if your gut's always right and you're going with your gut, that's fine. But the truth of the matter is if your gut is always right, you're not asking me questions on Twitter. You know? I think we I mean, have we have a lot of followers who uh, who still don't trust their guts, man. We see I, I don't listen. You shouldn't. Very few people should trust their gut. Very few. You know, I don't trust my gut. I don't trust my gut at all. I mean, guts are stupid. Guts are emotional. You know, it, it, and and granted, the definition of gut can be debated. Um, it's instinct. That's not really what it, right? Isn't that it? Well, look, emotionally do, charged instinct. I, I'm sort of talking out of my out of my gut, but it, when I'm really uber informed, yeah, I'll I'll say yeah, I'm trusting my gut. But the <laughs> truth of the matter is, is that I've got so much information in my brain that my my gut is smart. You know, I've sucked in all this information over the week, and now my brain's saying, yeah, play Galladay. But at that point, it's not a gut call. Yeah, it's it's diff- it's the summation of all the information I've stuffed into my head over it's, the course of a week. It's different than being in a parking lot like before a Pats game and and having your fifth beer and being like, Eight yeah, ball, you know what? Who should I play? Yeah, this you know week? what? I'm going to play Matt Lacoste today. I'm feeling him. You know what I mean? That's, all signs that's, point to yes. That's different, <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, I know you're on a tight clock, so you want to you want to hit some players and some uh, some things that you think. Well, okay, we got time. Yeah, what time? <laughs> we we got time. All, all right. right. We got another 10. All right. So where do you want to go? Any more uh, on the QBs? Let, you want to pivot? Well, let me see. Let's let's roll through these things a little bit. Let's try to hit some things people might be interested in. Um, just going through these quarters. I mean, look, Prescott, I think, is one that's going to bug some people. I had a conversation uh, yesterday the about reason, him. Yeah. The reason you want to play Prescott. And, and by the way, look, I've got seven guys right in front of him. You definitely can play instead of him. Yeah. I think if, you, if you're sitting there and you've got Jimmy Garoppolo and you really want to play him, I'm not going to call you stupid. Uh, I like Brady this week. I think he's a good bet. Uh, but, you know, the thing about Prescott, the reason he's at eight, even though he's in a really tough matchup, 
is, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at Prescott and being like, yeah, he's really hard to trust right now. You know, that Prescott has thrown 98 passes over the last two weeks. That's a lot. All right. So this is Prescott when he struggles. 98 passes. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, if you're like, so right now our biggest concern with Prescott is that he might have like a, a high volume, low efficiency day. Yeah, probably get points. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it because he's also capable of hitting, becoming efficient and putting up 35 points. Mm. So, you know, to me, his volume is enough floor for me to just keep him in my lineup. Uh, is Dak a great quarterback? No. You know, there's people walking around calling him the MVP six weeks ago. They're, you know, it was silliness. I agree. Um, and this is a player I really like. Um, but, Pre- you know, Prescott's another one of these quarterbacks who's never afforded the luxury of learning. And he has shown you. He's done pretty well. That he's thrown into the fire, you know, I think. He's done better than I thought he would do, all I, in all. The, the, the problem with Prescott it's not Dak's problem. It's a Dallas problem. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying anything bad about Dak, Dak Prescott. I think he's a good kid. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think his growth has been fairly consistent. I think he's been a better player every year in the league, which is what you want. Yep. The problem for Dak is that he played too soon, um, and you know they really messed up badly by not letting Romo play when he got healthy that year. Yeah. It was a really horrible decision. Mm. Um, it was typical, you know, it, it was a lot like when Dallas, when, excuse me, when Minnesota said, no, nah, we're going to play Case Keenum mm. um, because he's hot. It's like, dude, you're playing Case Keenum. Right. You know? Um, and, you know, Romo, you know, whether you like Romo or whether you don't like Romo, he's a pretty big time player. Um, and when he was healthy that year with that team, they should have put the better quarterback on the yeah. field. Uh, and they didn't, you know, they got caught up in the in the hoopla and the fandom and all that other stuff, and they and they put the lesser quarterback on the field in the big moment, uh, and they got the results that you would expect. By the way, yeah. Um, but anyway, Prescott wasn't ready then. He got better the next year. He's better this year, but his limitations still become apparent at times. You can confuse him a little bit. Um, and look, he doesn't play for the smartest pencil in the box. You know, Dak Prescott's limitations aren't necessarily his. Some of them are Garrett's. Some. Well, yeah, I mean. when, when, it comes to, when it comes to decision-making and reading, his offense doesn't change. It's one of the more static offenses I've seen. Yeah. And if you don't think defenses can take advantage of that. Right. Right? So, you know, I, I think on some level, Dak could use somebody to help him think along. I don't think his guy is thinking along well enough, so how's he going to do it? Yeah. So, you know, but... B- but um, the point with Prescott is you can tr- listen. You, you're, you've got foot point potential, right? You've got foot yardage potential. You've got touchdown scoring potential with the feet. You've got what? You've got Cooper. You've got Gallup. You've got uh, Zeke Elliott making big plays in the passing game now. Yep. So I, you know, and Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's had a nice. He's really resurgence. added an element. Yeah, he to that really, team. He, he has. He's kind of like uh, he's doing what Beasley did. You know what I mean? Well, he, I was, he, you know, yeah. it's interesting. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's because. Cobb is like bigger than Beasley, or they've like they've given Cobb the role I always had wished they'd given Beasley. Yeah, they've they've almost featured him certain weeks. Like he's been really involved. Well, it's just like I don't ever recall Beasley playing this many snaps. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, I I I'd have to go back and do the math on it, but just you know, in a round sense, it, it just seems like Cobb's playing a lot more. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at that. We're Hill Cobb, 71, 76, 74, 81, 83, 76, 80, 62, 45, 86, 79. I mean, he's pl- he's playing a lot of snaps. Yeah. 
So um, I don't. I recall Beasley being more like 40, 50, 60 area. I think you're right. And I, it's funny with Cobb because a couple of weeks like before people started taking him on the waiver wire, I'm like, I got kind of tempted to take him. Am I just some mirage? Like what? I want to watch him another week. I want to watch him another week. And it just keeps happening. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's totally untrustworthy. He can disappear at any time, uh, and this is obviously it's the Dallas offense. You never know what they're going to do. Um, but I, I'm talking like we're off the fantasy thing there for a second. I was talking real football. That's with all right. Bob. Yeah. Um, it's just his impact on that team has has been significant. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> so look, I Prescott. I know a lot of people, for whatever reason, are worried about Prescott this week. The only thing I can tell you is I have a league with Brady, Prescott, and Josh Allen. I have to start two of them. I'm starting Brady and Prescott. Yeah. The thing, the thing is we were talking about Tannehill getting to Prescott. It's funny because Prescott's got the volume and the inefficiency, and Tannehill's the exact opposite. He's got the efficiency, and you worry more about the volume, right? Yeah. You know? Well, and, and we should also be careful not to define Ryan Tannehill over a couple games. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, what's the downside with Tannehill? The downside with Tannehill, he's been a bad quarterback most of his career. So we're deciding that he's playing well enough where we're going to trust him. But if Ryan Tannehill comes out and throws a stinker up, what is, what's everybody going to say next week? Yeah, he sucks. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's, you know, but the, you understand what I'm saying? Like, right now we're, we've got, like, this cloak of Tannehill goodness. Yeah. All, we're all wearing it. Right. But the minute he stinks, we're going to take it off, and he's going to go right back to being Ryan Tannehill. You're going to wipe your muddy boots on it. Right. So, <clears throat> so that's a situation to remember that. Yep. Right? So if you're sitting there saying, I'm going to play Tannehill over Prescott, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But let's not – don't think it's like a no-brainer. Yeah. It's not a no-brainer. Right. We could regret it. <laughs> we could definitely regret yeah. it. Um, and I guess the one thing I would want to say with the quarterbacks before we jump off of them, uh, just the general strength, I think, you know, I think you have a chance playing really most of the quarterbacks this week up until you get into that – mid-25 area, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to play Minshew. I don't want to play Blow. I don't want to play Hodges. I don't want to play Dalton. I don't want to play Haskins. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get into any of that stuff. There's so much badness up there. And I don't want to play Derek Carr because he has no ceiling. I mean, he won't kill me, but the guy hasn't hit ceiling in, like, yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, he doesn't take any risks anymore. Right? Yeah. So, you know, Drew Locke, people are singing his praises right now. I'm loving it because he's on a lot of my dynasty teams. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is... He's a, he's a kid quarterback who had one good game. Yep. So, you know, I would think twice before, like, buying, you know, chasing last week's lock numbers in the air quote better matchup because yep. it's actually not a better matchup. Um, like, KC plays better pass defense KC, look at the, the Texans. Their defense doesn't give you a lot, like, fantasy-wise, but they're, they're not bad. You well, know, they, their teams, um, they're Tampa aggressive. Is, Tampa's one, Casey's another, where people talk down their pass defense because there's yardage given up. The reason the yardage is being given up is because people have to throw against Kansas City because they're behind, and you can't run against Tampa, so you throw at them. So yeah. there's volume. Yeah. But if you look at it in terms of efficiency, their pass defenses aren't that bad. Yeah. Just, you know, the, the little dose of reality. Yeah. Um, uh, Jacoby Brissett, a lot of people are willing to play him this week. I don't have the guts for it, mm. personally. I just there's not enough weapons there against the Saints. I'm New Orleans is a tough defense, man. It it is, and it, look, I'll, but a lot of people are emboldened because of what Garoppolo did last week. Garoppolo had his weapons. Okay? Sure does. Yeah. Brissett doesn't. Brissett's going to have to go out there and do this with smoke and mirrors. I'm not betting on it. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's an athletic kid. He's a good kid. You know, he's playing pretty well, especially considering he's been hurt. But 
I, no. That's one not, I, none for me. Not that, not this week. Yeah, that's one I'd stay away from. Another one I'd stay away from too is Josh Allen. Yeah, Allen at love, Pittsburgh. You know? Same thing. Uh, he's on my bench. Uh, just way too many ways for this to go wrong. They have guys who can cover John Brown. Um, uh, Rivers. Mm. Minnesota sends so much heat. I'm not comfortable playing Rivers against it. Um, sometimes he'll get it going, and he could he could eat that matchup and kill. Yeah. But I think there's a much better chance that he'll end up having sort of an ugly day. I'm with you there. Uh, and that's also two teams that want to play ugly. Yep. So, you know, you got to be careful. When two teams both want to play a certain way, there's a good chance that that's how the game's going to be played. Yep. Um, Fitzpatrick, you know, if he had his weapons, I'd say, yeah, okay, but he doesn't. Parker Parker might come out of him. He might play. He play, uh, I think he had a full practice uh, Friday. I do. Um, but you're right. I mean, he's he's definitely yeah. questionable. Jim has Parker on some teams, so be careful. I'm just saying, no, um, but practice I know Parker may play, but even if Parker plays, he still doesn't have Wilson. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I'm just – I'm not playing Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. this week. Um, by the way, also double – Miami's been in New York for like two weeks. That can't be good. Mm. Um, well, they probably went back, but still. Um, so they're actually playing in the same stadium two weeks in a row as road – as a road team, mm. that's got to be sort of rare. Yeah. And how what, often do you how often do you get a chance to do that? And a road team that doesn't really have a whole lot to play for, which means they might be playing uh, outside of practice. Yeah. You know no, look, if Fitzpatrick gets it going, he could have a big day. Hey, if Josh Allen gets it going, he could have a big day. If Jacoby Brissett runs for a couple touchdowns, who knows? Not banking on it. But yeah. we're playing the thick part of the curve here, and the thick part leads us into badness. Yeah. Another um, one I'd avoid, too, is Wentz. Wentz at Washington. Why? He's got no one to throw to. Well, that's true, but yeah, he doesn't. Two tight but ends. they don't have anybody that can cover anybody. Yeah. So I'm not real worried about Greg Ward getting open. Um, I'm not real. I, you know, he didn't have anybody last week. Yeah. You know? Ertz got like what, like 15 targets. I mean, he's, which, which, by the way, is, Ertz is a great play this week. Yeah. Ertz is a great play. As like an as an Ertz guy, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, that, that was nice to see, but uh, I don't know. I just don't know when that runs out. You know, they're really depleted there. But yeah, I mean, I'm fine playing Wentz. I don't think you have much ceiling. Um, but Wentz at least gives you ceiling himself because he'll run for touchdowns. Mm. He'll run for – he usually runs for 20 or 30 yards. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's sort of like – Avoid a, if you can. An, an A version of Derek Carr or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, Trubisky, upside, if you have the guts to play him. I really personally, if I was looking for something this week, Trubisky would be on my list. Um, but you don't play him unless you think you're the underdog. Mm. Like, if I'm favored, why do I want to get involved in Trubisky? Right. But if I feel like I'm a 30-point dog in this game. I need someone can Guess what? Trubisky, yeah. on a good week, Trubisky puts up 35 points. Yeah. What the heck? Um, so that's pretty much where I'm at with the QBs. You know, I, Cousins is a decent floor play. I think he lacks upside for the reasons we talked about with that game. Yep. Uh, Kyler Murray, I think, has some appeal in this game. I'm still worried about that hamstring. Mm. He hasn't shown us anything since he got hurt. Uh, Goff looked good last week. This is a tougher matchup. So Goff I didn't did upgrade him too much. Yeah. I thought Goff looked better than he was getting credit for yep. this week. I think he was pretty much in control yeah, of that game. Yeah, good game, yeah. You know, one thing I, I noted in that game, I don't know if anybody else really caught it. Um, and I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was talking about Kurt, my, you know, what I thought about Curtis Samuel this week. Um, excuse me while I unplug my phone. Um, and did you watch the Seattle game last week? I did. Have you ever seen a team hit more reverses? Dude, I, I, it, was just, it was like high school. It was like watching I, a high school game. How many times did the Rams hit the reverse on Seattle? It was like, like five s- times. I was going to say seven. I was going to say seven. 
I, it it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they were hitting for nine, ten uh, yards. I, I know where you're going right now. I know where you're well, going. Well, I was just going to say, Seattle is playing um, Carolina. Carolina yeah. And if Carolina's coaches didn't see that, like they're trying to find ways to get Samuel involved. Yeah. I think he carried the ball like three times that, last week. That's a guy who can do it. So, like, if Curtis Samuel doesn't get two reverses in this game, yeah. I'll be shocked. I know. They, they, <laughs> they did. They, they really. Right. Now, that's not a reason to play Curtis Samuel, okay? I'm just saying it's something to look for. Yeah. I've never seen a team get reversed like that in my life. Yeah. Maybe the Jets. No, they they did, and they, they they gained yardage from it. You know, oftentimes you see reverse. They were hitting and, chunks on it. I, I don't think they stopped at once. You usually see like four yards, and maybe Woods maybe had, a 10. I want to say Woods said two, and game. and and, and um, Josh Reynolds had like three. Yeah, nice little resurgence by Woods. By the way, he's been he finally found the end zone, which has been a well. I mean, he's vacancy just a, for him. It's not really a resurgence. Yeah, he's hey, just active. Yeah, <laughs> played played well. Did he have any? Ba- I mean, he was. He, he he's getting sort of positive touchdown regression, but mostly he's just playing again, right? Yeah, yeah. How many games did he miss? Two or three? I think he missed two. Um, well, I know I know you have rostered, so I'm um, one. He missed. Uh, he missed. He missed. Well, he definitely it, missed one. I yeah, mean, I think it was. I it was. A, I think he missed two. Yeah, I, yeah. That sounds right. Can't remember. Um, but yeah, Woods is Woods is looking real good. I think people shouldn't be afraid to go back to Cup this week. People should be terrified of Cooks. Yeah. Like, if you're putting Cooks in your lineup, yeah. is anything other than a desperation move? Not a good move. Yeah. I don't. I think I think you got to get Brandon Cooks out of your lineup. And I think people are sitting there listening to this going, yeah, Pete, you think? Uh, but, you know, just on the off chance that, you know, like a drunk sniffing an empty bottle praying, right. you know, don't. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, but, but Cup people, I think you're okay. I think stick him back in. I think the – you may not know this. Cup only played twenty nine percent of the snaps last week. Yeah, no, I know he got a touchdown, but uh, he uh, was yeah, he wasn't very active other than that. Yeah, so I I wouldn't be too concerned for people who just look at how their fantasy points. Cup scored two weeks in a row. Uh, they're probably not worried. For people who actually do the work, he's only had ten targets over the last two games. Only played a fraction of the snaps mm-hmm. last week. Um, but the coach said it had a lot to do um, with them wanting to run power, and he said oddly enough that. Cup had been blocking just too much, and he didn't want him getting crushed. Mm. Let me throw this at you. The, 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 it was a ne- Patriots kind of thing. Yeah. Neither of these guys are on any team I have, so uh, you, you know th- you can't accuse me of that this time. But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of questions about— I don't accuse you. I know. <laughs> I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of questions about Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf. and kind of Yeah, like, well, Lockett's benchable. I mean, yeah, he is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think you should bench him— you know, punitively. In, in, yeah, in perpetuity. Or anything, I don't yeah. think you should bench him because he's been letting you down. You bench him because he's probably likely to score less points than the option you're putting in there. Mm. Um, but look, Lockett's a guy who is operating up in that wide receiver one area. I've got him at 27 this week. Yeah. You know, in my estimation, you're better off playing Debo Samuel and Darius Slayton. So he's been downgraded. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, but are you better off playing Sterling Shepard? Probably not. I, You know, I would say no. But what's interesting in that is that Metcalf is rising while Lockett's falling also. So maybe yeah. Metcalf's an well, alternative. Well, look, Lockett, Lockett um, had a case of the flu, uh, and he had, a, he had a leg injury that put him in a hospital. Mm. So, look, Lockett hasn't been uh, – people have to understand we're dealing with injury reports that tell us, like, nothing, right? So Lockett was back at practice the next week. And we had to go with what we had. Yeah. But as it turns out, he was probably playing at less than 100%. We yeah. didn't, you know. 
I mean, if you want to bench every guy who's been anywhere near the injury report because he might be more hurt than we think, you can start doing that. The problem is you're going to run out of players. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's um, a, it's an epidemic. And, and it's going to burn you more often than not. Yeah. Right? I mean, nobody would have been surprised if Lockett had scored a touchdown last week. In fact, Lockett, Lockett was, t- was targeted in the end zone. Wilson lost that ball to the right. He doesn't usually do that. Mm. You know, so Lockett could have had a touchdown easy. If, if Wilson had put it towards the post and not the flag, probably would have been six. Yep. Um, so, you know, sometimes we look at the result and we don't understand that we were a lot closer than we realize. Uh, but the bottom line is Seattle's running a ton. They're in a matchup this week that screams run. It's a great Chris Carson week this week. Screams run. Yeah. So the good news for Lockett, and the reason I didn't downgrade him more, is that you can do things in the slot against Carolina. He's not going to get Bradbury. Um, so, you know, Lockett's a good, solid third receiver this week. Yeah. Uh, if you're scared of them, play somebody else. Um, you know, but the thing that people are going to forget is that Lockett can drop two touchdowns in 32 seconds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you put him on your bench and you put in, you know, <laughs> you know Zach Pascal against the Saints. That's not a terrible decision. Yeah. But Pascal's a very mediocre player. You're buying into volume. And if he happens to get Lattimore all game and Lattimore shuts him down, and Lockett has four targets for three touchdowns, you know, it can go that way too. No question. Yeah. You know, so you just, you, you, basically when you get down into that area, your best move is to play the player that you're most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, be, you know, unless you can come up with a material way to separate them. Like, I, you know, I sat there and looked at Slayton and Lockett. Well, Lockett's a better player, but Slayton's on fire. Yep. You know, uh, and the Giants are they're they're going after him, and he's playing matchups that are exploitable. So, yeah, I'm going to give Slayton. A, I'm going to give Slayton give the, the edge. Yeah, you know, Debo Samuel. <laughs> if you watch the forty, like, and again, I'm just sort of, you know, why is Samuel at twenty five? Why is Lockett at twenty nine or wherever the hell he's at? Um, he's twenty seven. Twenty seven. Um, because if you watch San Francisco the last three or four weeks, they're making concerted efforts to involve Debo Samuel. Yep. They're making it a point. Um, so I'm going to buy into that in a matchup that I like. Yeah. You yeah, know, makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the numbers right now, but you know, Samuel, Debo Samuel, there's so many Samuels. I know. Um, but uh, Debo against Atlanta is pretty, pretty tasty. A, yeah. I like the matchup, even though Atlanta has been playing better. I like the matchup, but Samuel's year, you know, he came out like gangbusters, but then if you look at the, the rest of the first half, you know, he's 40% snaps, 50%, 46, 60. But in week eight, things changed yeah. after the bye. He came out after the bye, and he's 70, 66, 83, 79, 73, 96, 79. Yeah, and I think... Before, Very different. I think before the bye, too, the 49ers were searching for it a little bit. You know, they had Goodwin, they had Pettis, they had other guys. They were kind of... It's almost like they were sampling a little bit. And then they had the bye week, and they realized... Or began yeah, to realize I mean, what they had. Week yeah. one, he played eighty percent plus, you know, snaps. He, you know, he did get dinged up a little bit. I um, remember that. Yeah. But you know, I, I have to say, every game I've watched, the receiver that I've been most impressed with on that team is Samuel. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Dante Pettis. I don't know why they decided he needs to be on the outs, but who cares? He is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we look at this with clean eyes. But the, the switch happened after the bye. After the bye, the targets go from three seven four three three five three to seven eleven ten 
It is just yeah, that's, that's it's significant. A, a quick yeah. change. Now he goes down to two against Green Bay. Now he made the big play and scored, so nobody noticed. And it's sort of weird the way this worked. He got deflated, but then the next week he went to four. Yeah, made another big play, scored again. Last week he's up to eight. So his, you know, his targets went up, then they went down, and they slowly trended back up to eight. This week, this week, based on what I've seen, you're probably looking at about that level again. Hmm. Um, so for Samuel, I think as a floor, seven targets, yeah, pretty good. Four catches, seventy yards. You know, hope for some big plays. Yeah, and against a uh, defense, he can make big plays on. So. He's got the look of a of a potential star, though. Mm. He does. You know, yeah. Um, I think the the problem with Samuel is going to be staying healthy, because he's a little bit like a little Sammy Watkins, <clears throat> in that he just like. I remember when I watched Watkins tape at Clemson. It's like, man, this guy just doesn't ever avoid a hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. I mean, half of you loves it, but half of you's like. Getting hit a lot. Yeah, none for, <laughs> none for me, thanks. Yeah, right. Like he's constantly just lowering his shoulder on people, um, you know. And with Samuel, he doesn't have the body. I don't know. Well, he is. The Watkins, it, Watkins is a beast. That's the beast he the is. Guy. But you know what's? I'll, I'll tell you what. I've already sort of tipped my hand on this. But what would you expect? Like if like if I just said, what does Debo Samuel weigh? What would you say? And it's okay. You're the foil here. You're not buck, expected buck to buck ninety. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you one more guess. It's more than that. Really? Yeah. I'm going to give you another guess. 200. Don't go up, but just a couple pounds. Uh, Be aggressive. 205. Give you one more guess. 215. 216. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why I brought it up. Hmm. He's a player that people, I think, sometimes just get the wrong impression of. Mm. But he's a guy, there's a reason why they keep bringing him into the backfield. Hmm. Because he can do things out of the backfield. Hmm. He's sort of like, Debo Samuel, here's a good way to describe him actually. I should have I should have figured this out before. Think of Ty Montgomery, but polished with great hands. All right, there you go. Yeah. You know? well, Montgomery's, he actually. Um, Tymo's got bad hands. Yeah, I was going to say, but he plays bigger than he is. and But now he's starting to look that size because he's getting older. You know what I mean? So. It's interesting. Uh, well, Timo, you, I mean, well, you know, he came out as sort of a jack of all trades, yeah, yeah. but but a receiver, but yep. a, a receiver who did a lot of things. He was a, de- a desperation play to put in the backfield, and then he kind of yeah. segued there. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I, I like that he's transitioned to running back. I wish some team would, some team that's not the Jets or, God forbid, the Giants or somebody like that, but he should go to a team like the Saints or the Patriots some team that knows how to use a multi-skilled use running back. Yeah, they could use him, man. You know, why, why isn't Timo? Timo should be starting for Arians or something like that. Mm, Wouldn't mm. that be amazing? That'd be good. Um, let's hit tight end for a second because I think some people might have some issues there. Obviously, if you're Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Hunter Henry, you it's already looking, started Mark Andrews. Good position this week. I mean, it's yeah. been a lot of options. Right. That, really easy. I think Waller people are going to start Waller. They're not going to worry about it. Hooper people are going to be happy he's back. They're going to start him. Um it gets a little bit dicier after that. Yeah. I mean, assuming Higby's the starter again, it looks like he will. That's I think probably, it's looking that way. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah. Doyle's got a nasty matchup, but he's unopposed. And the, you know, uh, the t- you know Saints did give up some some production, although it was Kittle. So I don't mm-hmm. know if we really want to count that. 
did you see the play Kittle made to win that yeah, game? Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, man. He is Gronk reincarnated. He's, he's that becoming guy. that, yeah. Oh, man. He's looking is like just, that. He is a nasty individual. By the way, well, Gronk's going to be in that top 100 thing for the NFL Network is doing. And I don't know if you saw any of the highlight, any of the highlight reels that they were bouncing around Twitter yesterday, but there's one where I don't know who it is on the Chiefs, but he literally, yeah, he was big on the stiff arm, but there's this one against the Chiefs defender where he literally just, he like throws him. Like he literally, it's a stiff arm throw. It's I like it when Gronk carries people. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's one of my favorite. He carries to... linebackers like yeah, it's I... like they're kids on dad's well, you back. You remember what I used to call him, Godzilla. I mean, he looked at like Godzilla traipsing through the streets of J- Japan. You, you know, I've gone out of my way to not pay any attention to the NFL Top 100. But yeah. just tell me this. Yeah. Are there any tight ends higher than Gronk? Gonzalez. Oh my God. I know. Isn't what that crazy? Joke. I know. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It happened last night. They, they Please. Announced, they announced Gonzalez first. Yeah. What a joke. Yeah, it's Gronk and then everyone else. Gonzalez doesn't even belong on the list. I, I would say it's... Well, I don't know. Maybe. But I, you gotta, no, probably not. But, I mean, how do you put a tight end ahead of Gronkowski? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what what, what part of their brain thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's because he was on... NFL I'm unbiased. I can't stand Gronkowski. Yeah. He's the greatest tight end ever. Yeah, no Come question. On. He did it all. He did it all. And he's probably going to do it again next year. Gonzo ahead. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're going to put someone ahead of him because of stats or something, listen, put Gates ahead of him. Yeah. Gates is a better player than Gonzalez. Yeah. And Gonzalez is great. Don't get me wrong, but he's more of a pure offensive tight end. To right. Me. He's not Gronk. Gronk is a, a, yeah. Gronk is a laboratory created tight end. He does every did everything. Everything. Yeah. You know? I'm a big fan of Gates too. I think he's his his overall yep. play is underrated. Yeah. Um I, I I any anybody ahead of Gronk and Gates upsets me. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. I, I yeah that's to that's, me it's Gronk and Gates and then you get into like the Ozzie Newsome you know conversation and then you know maybe Todd Christensen. I was a big fan of him as a kid. But he was uh, more of just like he was a stat. Yeah, you know who was great. He who wasn't just, that good. You know who was great. Who just uh, couldn't stay healthy was Russ Francis. Um, yeah, Francis yeah, was great. He was great. But I mean, I, I, mean, I watched him play healthy. as a kid. Like yeah. I can't tell you how good Russ Francis really was in the trenches. I mean, I don't know about his. I wasn't blocking. qualified to judge yeah. back then. Yeah. So I don't know. I know he put up a lot of offensive stats, yeah. and then he sort of disappeared. Yeah, he got hurt a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Casper was good. Casper was real good. He was a good blocker. He probably, too. yeah, he probably comes like he's right after. He's in that uh, the the top tier for me would be Gronk and Gates, and then the next tier is Casper Newsom. Yeah, Casper is definitely. He's yeah. one of those guys. I think sort of faded into history a little. Yeah, he, he probably a, deserves a little bit. He more. was great. He was a great yeah, Dave tight Casper. Good yeah, play. Great. Player. Um, uh, so, but let's hit a couple guys who are important this week, just in case people are struggling. Yep. Ian Thomas is a guy you can pick up and play now. Yeah. He's going to start. Uh, if you're in a pinch, David Njoku could have a huge game. He's he risky. Could. Yeah. could have a huge game. Kyle Rudolph's a little bit scary now because Thielen's probably going to play. Looking like he's going to play, yeah. So be careful with that. If you're in a pinch, Caden Smith, again, should be the starter for the Giants. Mm. You can probably do better, but if Caden's your starter, you're okay. Um. How about O.J. Howard reemerging a you little can, bit? You could play O.J. Howard this mm. week. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I, I could play him in a couple places. It's gutsy just because the problem, the problem with playing O.J. Howard is that the people who need to do it have already been burned nine times right. by him. Right, yeah. So, like, if you just picked him up on waivers, you're like, hey, he's been doing good. I think yeah. I might play this right. guy. But yeah. if, if you've already put him in your lineup seven if, times if you this drafted year, him, yeah. You're, right, you're, you're sort of preconditioned right. to never doing it again. Right. Um, I have Higby on the team where I have Howard 
I'm probably no, going to just play. Yeah, I'm probably just going to play Higby. Exactly. Here's the thing about Howard, though. He's got more big game potential than almost anyone. Yeah, that's the thing about him. Like, yeah, but Higby's kind of like that perfect play where he's got the floor and a little ceiling. You know what I mean? He's no, no, no. I, I like Higby as a play more. I agree. But OJ Howard can score eighty yard touchdowns. It's true. Yeah, no, like, he can. Most tight ends can't do that, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, if you believe in statistical regression, he's way due. Well, that's, for, that's for sure. Right. Well, no, but that's yeah. the way regression works, yeah. right? So you, we're, we're talking about a guy who suddenly got his act together, playing 80% of the snaps in a good matchup on turf. Mm. Evans isn't there. They need to find places to throw the football. I was so say, like, Winston's got the thumb too, right? So if he has to throw the ball high, you know, there's a guy he can throw it high to. I, I'm, look, I'm not trying to convince people to play O.J. Howard. I'm just saying – you know, we do. It's it's important to define him correctly, and yeah. he is a high variance but very high ceiling option. Yeah, he is you know? that. Um, how about how about a guy I want to ask about is because uh, a lot of people I'm sure took a big downturn on Mike Gesicki, who was rolling there for a while. Yeah, he was he was a dud he last a week, a stinker last week. Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine this week if you need to use him. Yeah, I would. Giants. I would not hesitate to use Gesicki at all. Hollister's another guy. Hollister, right there with Gesicki, yeah. would not hesitate. Don't love the play, but would have no problem putting him in there. Yeah, uh, Fant is a guy I would love to play this yeah. week. A little concerned that he might not be a hundred percent. So you, you know, you know, if you had, I've got Fant at twelve and Howard at thirteen. If you had both, you know, I would say hold out, play Fant if he's healthy. Yep. Go with Howard if he's not. The thing about Fant is, he's now in one of those fairly concentrated target distribution models, if you will. Yep. Like, really, him and Sutton are getting that's so much really juice. Yeah. So that's what you love about it. Um, and the other thing about Fant, sort of like O.J. Howard, in that he catches the ball, you got to bring him down now. He's sort of like Andrews and Kittle, where he is a big pile of trouble once he gets going. He is. Um, He's got two things going, right? He's got a hip and a foot. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't sound like either one of them are particularly significant, but you definitely want to keep your head on a swivel there. Um, I think that's about it for tight end. There's yeah. not much else we should really hit. Yeah. Um, and for let me, see, I'm just going to whip down through the receiver, see if we. Chris Conley's a guy this week. That's interesting. You can pay attention to Chris Conley. Yeah. He could be a guy in a deep league who could help you because again, um, a, a, a thinner distribution of targets on that team with Shark injured. Yep. Um. Alan Hearns is now apparently going to play full-time. If Parker were not to play, that yeah. looks like a 50-50 shot. He did get Hearns, a full practice Friday. I, I saw that. But that's not significant. What's significant With is that he clears protocol. Yeah, right. True. So it's, it's all about them saying he's eligible. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a neurological test. Yeah. That's, that's it. Um, How about Deontay Johnson? It's deep, but... Uh, uh, did, I, did they rule Schuster out? He's officially out he's now? He's not... Officially ruled I know out. It sounds like he's trending as out. of now. So again, we're recording this on Friday in the afternoon. Um, most recent news. Oh, he's out. Juju and knee officially yeah, out. Yeah, I he's saw. 15. Yeah, he is yeah. out. Okay. Um, well, I don't like pass volume in this game, but I think Deontay Johnson. You you know you could flex him. Yeah. I'd rather play the guy I have ahead of him, Greg Ward. Mm. Which you know, there's nothing fun about playing Greg Ward. Uh, but look, there are two guys on Philadelphia who are wide receivers, active and alive. Yeah, they are Greg Ward and and Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, like that's it. Yeah. Um. So, 
Was Greg Ward in New England? Greg Ward's going to get like seven or eight targets this week. I think it was Greg Ward a, a, a preseason guy for the Patriots one of the last couple of years. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, I don't think so. Sounds but, familiar to me. But, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. Um, I think he might have been. I'll research that for Sunday. Uh, I'm going to tell you in a couple seconds. Um, I don't think he made a team, but I think he was a practice squatter or a trainee. Free agent signing in the off season. You could be right. Yeah, uh, I'll dig a little. He played at Houston, so he came out. Professional Eagles. Uh, it says he signed with the Eagles as a free agent in seventeen. Bounced around, played in the AAF. Um, where he was on their practice squad when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe that's where the connection yeah. that is. Mm. Waived by the Eagles in 2017, picked up again by the Eagles this year. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know who turned me on to this guy was uh, our guy Martin Frank. Huh. Yeah, well, that makes sense, it, yeah. In the August podcast, he said they liked Ward. Yeah. Um, so we gave him respect when he got into the picture. Yeah, because oh, Martin, yeah. Martin's Martin, dialed into the Eagles Martin for sure. Martin knows his stuff. Yep. Uh, Marcus Johnson on Indianapolis could be a factor again this week if mm-hmm. you're in a really deep league because uh, Paris Campbell is now toast. Yeah. Um, they were talking Hilton might come back. I don't think it's reasonable. Yeah, I think Hilton is like 50-50 for next week, yeah. like 5% for this week. Um, let me see. Again, also related to the Devontae Parker, Isaiah Ford. Yeah. Uh, if you watched that game last week, Isaiah Ford popped the second Parker left that game. Mm. And he was very involved. Um, if you're in like a 14-team league and you're hurting and you're desperate and Parker doesn't play, Ward could actually help you like a lot. Yeah. Um, How about Kiki? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's thin. Um, Kiki Kuti, maybe worth a hang, gamble? Hang on, hang on one second here. I just want to put a finer point on this. I, don't, I want to make sure I'm right. Um but I was surprised at how well he played. I, I, yeah, get the, I, okay. This is a, Parker left that game. Parker played twenty five percent of the snaps. Isaiah Ford played seventy six. Mm. That'll tell you if that's yeah. a, pretty much Parker went out and Ford came in. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Um, and I thought he looked good. Um, and yeah, he got targeted nine times against the Jets. No, that's a lot. Six receptions for ninety two yards. So. If Parker's out, Isaiah Ford could probably be a guy who could just come in and start for you this week. Mm. Not fun. There's better things to do. Yeah. But in a deep league and you don't have a lot of options, it could be a port in a storm. Yep. Um, it's probably worth noting that Tim Patrick is playing the most in Denver. meaningful snaps in Denver yeah. after the two guys we talked about. Yep. You'd really have to be desperate, but, you know. Um, Ross looks like he might come back. Against the Pats? Yeah, he's off the injury report. I, I wouldn't play him against the Pats. Yeah, though. I can't see that being a good move. You know, one thing that was sort of interesting, Josh Gordon was not running with a limp last week. Mm. That's, Kiki Kuti, to your I just point. Meant, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if, if Will Fuller doesn't play, Kiki Kuti looks like he's a, he's good for seven or eight targets. Yeah. Um, if, if Fuller does play, um, Kiki's into that shared role again, and yeah. I, I, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Um, Patriot receivers are interesting to watch this week. Sanu's questionable. Uh, that just came up. And then He's questionable. Those guys, but don't you think they're, they're going to play? Yeah. yeah, same as last week, yeah. right? Yeah. So The guy who I'm interested in this week is Harry. Are they right. finally well, going to commit to Harry? Well, I, 
I mean, he only played tw- two snaps last week. I know, but they got to make it. They got to start. He's the he's the guy. I'm telling you that, like that. I feel there's there are answers with him to all of the, to their offensive struggles. Like he's the differentiator. He's he's the guy who can do but something he can't different. Run the scheme. He obviously isn't doing something. He's obviously not doing the things they want him to I do. Know, but he when he's in there and he makes a play, it looks so different than what everyone else can do. You know what I mean? It's like I'm seeing like opportunity with him, but uh, I'm obviously not but seeing. But they have what to find a way seeing. to get him. Yeah. But they need to find a way to get him the football in the scheme more than a couple times, right? Yeah. He's sort of he's sort of like, you know how. Every time we see Isabella make a play, we're like, why aren't they playing Isabella right, more? Right. Because they're scheming him what they can figure out, ways to get him the ball, yeah. and then they're out of stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, By the way, on the Patriots for I mean, I'd love to see Isabella play more. I'd love to see Harry play more. But there's got to be reasons why this is happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the Patriots for a second, just a quick segue. I've made up my mind right. on this. And by the way, that's four, five guys we're talking about on the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I made up my mind on something with the Patriots, and I haven't heard this from anywhere else. This is an original Jim Hackett thought. The answer to the Patriots offense. Harry's part of it. I've got a three-player mix integrating him somehow more. And then at running back, Michelle out, Bolden in. Bolden to Michelle's role, and I want I want a, like a 65-35 Bolden to Burkhead. In the other percentages, when Burkett isn't out there, I want about a fifteen to twenty percent increase of him in passing situations. I'm done with Michelle for this year. <laughs> okay. And I want—I think Bolton's got more burst and more strength. I think he can hit the hole. He could be Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, or Jonas Gray, or name your benign Patriots running back. He's done it before. I'm not sure if the next Jonas Gray is the way to take down Lamar Jackson. <laughs> well, not the, uh, call me crazy. I just wanted to get a three games of, of decent offense. I, I'm looking for twenty three. You know, give me 23 I'm going to go the other way. Points. I think the Patriots – I think I was close to being right last week with their approach, wasn't I? Yeah, they, they were going to kind of – I uh, thought they were going to throw off a lot. kilter and throw, yeah. 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 Um, I think they're going to do that again this week. I think you're right, but I don't want yeah. Sonny Michelle on the field. If, if, if there's a running back that's going to get 10 snaps, I want it to be Bolden, not Michelle. Um, what are you, I'm, hitting I'm, a lighter there or something? I'm, what are you doing? Oh, can you hear that? Sorry, yeah. yeah I'm just flicking something. Sorry. Sometimes I forget because um, I'm wearing the headphones. I forget how strong the condenser mic is. Yeah. Sorry about that. Right. Um, <laughs> it's actually nail clippers. No, you just just in case you wanted to. Great. <laughs> how unappealing. Let's end the show on yeah. nail clippers. <laughs> see so we'll see you later, folks. Nose hair, nail yeah. clippers, <laughs> and mangled baby uh, ducks. You. <laughs> All right. 10,000 nuts That's a orphans. good place. You heard it here. Brandon Bolden and nail clippers. You can't get that analysis anywhere no, else, I've, folks. I'm obviously <laughs> kidding. Um, we didn't hit running back. Should we talk? Uh, we didn't talk about him in the show. You know what I mean? We've been in here a while. So um, we'll wrap do, it up. What, let's, do, let's do 60 seconds on running back. Oh, yeah. We'll here. give you 60 seconds. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's do that while we're here. Since we covered everything but, you know, what used to be the most important position. In I know. I mean, that's something. Um, it still was r- to a degree. I, 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 running backs, first of all, on DraftKings, it's fun this week with running backs. It's, there's plenty of good stuff to uh, to jump into. Um I'm just looking for stuff that's, like, problematic for folks. Obviously, all these, like you said, Carson's a great play. Cook yeah. suddenly a much better play than he was last week because uh, Madison is going to be out. Yeah. So that helps Cook owners. You Barkley. Meant, you mentioned if you, one. If, if you're somehow still alive with Barkley, you may actually get to use him this <laughs> get week. a payoff this yeah. week. He's probably going to have a great week. You mentioned Chums one earlier. Good, you mentioned ahead. one earlier that was – you mentioned Latavius Murray, which leads me to Camara, which, you know – Getting there. a little trouble. Gurley's yeah. in good shape. Fournette's in good shape. Jacobs, assuming he starts, is a great play. Yeah. 
If not, Washington's the play. Uh, Aaron Jones, tough matchup, but he'll you obviously you're going to play Aaron Jones. Yep. Uh, Kamara, yeah, I mean, uh, tough week last week. Yeah. I don't even know what to say, but this is a good matchup for him. This is a good matchup for the Saints um, because the, the Colts play defense the way the Saints want to play offense. Yeah. Um, basically, they try to keep everything in front of them. They just allow you to complete short passes. and <laughs> Saints are fine with that. If they don't change that up, the Saints are just going to matriculate yeah, March all day. down the field, yeah. Um, Mixon's been playing great. He has. I don't know how much the Patriot matchup is going to hurt him. I have him as a fringe one. Uh, Ingram already paid off. Melvin Gordon's in a tough spot. It's an interesting one with Gordon and Eckler. You know, it's with Minnesota. I, I, I kind of favor Eckler. You know, I would favor Gordon, but I don't want to play either one of them. Mm. Um, Minnesota just comes at you. It's a really tough team to be a pass catching running back against. Um, I don't like either one of them. I'd play Gordon if I had the choice. Mm. Um, James Connor, assuming everything comes to fruition, he should be a good play. Samuel's banged up. Yeah. Um, the Bills, good defense, but you run better on them than anything else. Yep. Mac is interesting. Horrible matchup for him. Right, against the Saints, yeah. But the Saints have lost two guys in their front seven, important guys. He's a much better play than he looks like on paper. Just mm. in case anybody's thinking about benching Mac, mm. think twice. Um, Philip Lindsay's a really good play this week. Mostert's a good play. I was going to say, so I've got a question came to me this week that was a flex question for Mac or Mostert. And he was leaning Mostert. I said, you know, he if you listen to Kyle Shanahan, it sounds like it, but I, I was I was hesitant to rule out Marlon Mack. Yeah, you know, um, um, I'd say that's. I mean, I have them very close. It's about a push, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mack is like, you know, first. You know, eh. Most it's interesting. It's a very it's it's a very tough choice. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the thing on Atlanta when you're the lead back, that means you get twelve carries instead of nine. Um, it's you not mean like San, you mean San Fran. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. I meant San Francisco. So, you know, Mostert didn't just suddenly become a bell cow. He's right. just leading a three-and-a-half-man right. committee. Right, yeah. So just you have to remember that. Um, so he still needs to hit on his touches. Mm. That's the thing with these San Francisco backs. When they don't hit on their touches, you're looking at, like, a three-point player. Um, and Mostert still carries that risk. Um, I think he's got more ceiling than Mac probably. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with big, that. Well, you know what? I don't even know if that's true. He's got more big playability than Mac. Um, but it's probably going to, at the end of the day, Mac's going to probably have 15 to 20 touches. Mostert's going to have 9 to 15. Yeah. Um, and Mac certainly would have potential for a lot more if, for some reason, the Colts were doing well. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I agree with you. Right. The downside to Mac is he's a game flow dependent back in a game that probably isn't going to go his way. Yeah. Um, which is why he's down. I mean, Mac has been up with the RB1s a lot. He yep. gets that kind of workload. Um, anything else in the running backs? Uh, I guess you think I should again. downgrade Michelle. Well, Belichick might play him, though. Yeah. Um, I thought what you, what you said about Echo was interesting. Cause Adrian I, I, Peterson, good play this week. Yeah. Although bad bad matchup, but he's going to get a lot of action. So I, just what you were saying about the Vikings defense kind of caught me. I would think against such a stout run defense that the guy who's catching the passes would be the better play. But you 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 think it kind of flip flop because they're coming. They can make so, get so much pressure up top that it makes it difficult to get a pass. You have off. to make a decision on Eckler this week, don't you? Yeah, I'm just curious. It was, it was, a, it was <laughs> do a, you? I do. Yeah. Okay. But it, but it's a, I, I, but it's an interesting. I, that wasn't what I, that wasn't the way. They basically it's like it. it's like playing a run blitz all day. So yeah. like when you when you when you throw to the back. They're on him. It's kind of like what the Pats did to the Ra Rams yeah. in the Super Bowl. Right. Now, look, Eckler's a really good, elusive player. 
um, you know, uh, Melvin's a really good back. Yeah. So these, you know, these guys are good too. There's, you know, but if you just look at it, you know, let's say that Eckler is normally a 7.5 out of 10 start as a fantasy RB. Yeah. Um, you know, a mid-range RB too. Well, yep. he's, he's a six. I've been playing him as a third back and yeah, happy. He's a, he's, a, he's a six this week. Yeah. You know, if Melvin Gordon's usually an eight, he's a 6.5. Yeah. They're downgraded. Yeah. Minnesota's good. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, well, my decision comes between Eckler and Mostert. That's like my decision. You know what I mean? And I, I've been looking for a reason to get Mostert in my lineup, but I haven't been able to crack it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's not a good decision. They're, you know, yeah. they're, they're exposed. You're going to leave an explosive running back on your bench right. either way. Yeah. So uh, I would probably play Mostert because of the matchup. Yeah, probably. It's a, it's a consideration. I've yeah. Got, yeah. You know, Atlanta. The, you know, the problem with playing Mostert is you have no idea what Shanahan's going to do with I his know. backs. I know. I mean, he, yeah. he – Dice roll. You know, uh, we all thought Coleman was the guy. And, you know, I, and, you know he's he, he sort of anointed Mostert. But would it, would it surprise anybody if, if Breida's the guy with yeah, 15 not, carries? Yeah, not at all. Three? No, it wouldn't surprise right. us at all. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, these coaches are mad scientists, man. It's it's uh, it's a drag. Um, I got another one for you. How about my, the, the Philadelphia with Miles Sanders who – you know, did well last week, uh, but you've got Boston Scott. You know, is taking some share there now. Look, if I was Philadelphia, Boston Scott would be starting, but yeah. that's that's just me. Um, look, Scott's got his concerns too. He's got ball security concerns. Certainly not any more than Miles Sanders right, yeah. does, though. Well, yeah. um, well, the thing about Boston Scott is, I'm watching Philly play over the last five, six weeks. The only guy out there who's making anybody miss is Boston Scott. Yeah. So you know, I mean, Sanders is a different kind of thing. He's explosive. You know, he can he can press the hole and bounce. He can do a lot of different things, but he's undisciplined. He doesn't follow the play. His vision is mediocre. You know, he's – Miles Sanders is sort of like a beach muscles running back, mm. if you will. Um, and I'm not saying I dislike him, but I think there's a tendency to, to, to want him to do things that between the years he's just not ready to do yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that Boston Scott's outproducing him. It really doesn't. Mm. Um, you know, Boston Scott was a he's a really good college back. Um, but you know, there's a lot of these sleepers down here. Scott could have a big day down in the thirties, Latavius Murray we talked about. Yep. Definitely game flow could help him. Um I have a tough choice with Murray. He's not in my lineup right now and I really want to find a way to get him in there. Yeah. Um I'm looking for guys with big upside down. DeAndre, Chris Thompson. DeAndre Washington could be with somebody if uh, if we if we catch a yeah, well a Jacob, bad break in yeah, my case, Jacobs, a, a yeah. good break in somebody else's case. Yeah, Washington would probably be a 15 to 20 touch player yeah. against Jacksonville. CT is a good one. I think. Yeah, CT yeah. in a PPR. Yeah. I think that can help you. Um, oh wow, I misranked Bo Scarborough. I got to move him up. Yeah. Now he's an awful matchup this week, but I have him too low. Yeah. Because you don't run on Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay's. Really hard to run on. Yep. Um, nah, that's about it. Feels I need to bump right. up Bo Scarborough if anybody's listening. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. I, you know, Philip Lindsay, I think is sort of sneaky this week. Yeah. Uh, just because Denver has to run or they're in trouble, and Freeman, it seems like they don't even want to run Freeman now. I, know. I think he's he's banged up to the point where I think they want to use him as a receiver more than a runner, mm. which is odd when you have a two hundred. 38 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how weird is like if you had told somebody this time last year that Lindsay was going to become the early down pounder. Well, I said it last week. And, to you. and Royce yeah. Freeman was going to become the receiving back. I said it last week to you. I thought yeah. like, he was more the passing guy in that duo, but it's not true. Well, Lindsay's clearly an early down back. 
but just you know, it's just he fits the suit of a, a guy who can catch it. I mean, be like, more than wait a minute, Freeman so does. Muggsy Bogues is playing center, right? And Manute Bowl is playing guard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> just sort yeah. of odd. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, David Montgomery's a good play this week. Yeah, I don't like him, but he's a good play. Yeah, um, because you have to run on Green Bay. Yep. Um, if Montgomery doesn't have a good game, then I'd be really surprised if Tariq Cohen didn't have a good game. Mm. Like one of them has so, to have a good one game. One of the backs going to do it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So if you wanted to mess around in a GPP, maybe do a, a Montgomery one and a Cohen one, that might be a way to find a cheap running back. Last one that would be on my list would be KC. Like what to do with that mess other than avoid it. In, unless Damian Williams is called the starter, you want to avoid it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's pretty much it. I, that was a good walk through the running backs. We yeah. had them. Um, I'm going to upgrade, uh, update all the running backs, all the receivers, all the uh, – um, quarterbacks and tight ends probably late afternoon tomorrow for folks who want the update. And um, we'll have a start article going up on EEI early tomorrow. Yep, that, that's Saturday because we're dropping this on Friday. And then yep. we'll be back Sunday morning at 8. Giddy up. All right. All right, folks. Gear, giddy up. Gear up. We'll talk to you on Sunday.